Surprise! So I know that African American was not supposed to be coming back until next month. However, after several emails getting cussed out, <laughs> after several DMs of people furious about where this week's episode was, I decided to just go ahead and drop a little something, something this week. And it kind of comes just in time because there's something that I really want to talk about. This is very important. We are about to have a serious family talk and family discussion right now. So I don't know if you guys have looked at the news yet today, but there has been another school shooting, this time in Texas, eight children dead. All right. Now, we're going to talk about a few things with this, but the first thing I want to say is how can you, as a student, go to school and truly be able to learn, be comfortable to open your mind, be able to express yourself, be able to receive and comprehend? How are you really supposed to do that when you literally do not know if your place of education is going to be shot up at any moment. It is unfair to ask children to do that in those environments. I mean, that's just what it all comes down to. So um, in, in the midst of that, this is why we're going to come to the topic that I want to talk about, which is homeschool. All right. Now, um, for those of you that do, do not know, I have a nine-year-old son, and he is homeschooled. Um, he has been homeschooled since he was three or four years old. Now, I know that for the most part, when people hear homeschool, they think that themselves as the parent has to be able to like sit home all day, you know, and, and teach the children, but that's not at all how it goes down. Okay, so what we have set up is a homeschool co-op, meaning that we have a teacher that we pay that teaches the children for us. So if you think about it, the average teacher is not making much money, especially in the summer. Most teachers have it set up where they put money aside each week Um in order to save for the summertime when things are slower. So, or or I'm sorry, not when things are slower, but when they're out of school. So the reality is paying a teacher is not this outlandish thought as it sounds. It may sound so expensive, like, oh my God, I can't afford to pay a private teacher. Understand, they're not getting paid much, okay? Especially, you know, young uh, black teachers, it, they're, they're, they have trouble finding, um, finding work. They have trouble getting placed in jobs. And then, you know, the kids that they're dealing with, I'm sure that there's all kind of racism they will have to deal with from the parents having a black person teach their kids. So it's great for the teachers as well because then they can be teaching their own kind, be teaching their own children. It's great for the children because then the children have a teacher that they can relate to. Then the teacher have the, the, the children have someone that can understand them. I think it is very important for black children to have a black teacher. If your teacher is white, 
then, you know, that's all she knows. She doesn't really understand you the way you work. That's why too many times when we have African-American children in white schools, you know, they are constantly being sent to the principal, sent to be disciplined. I saw a video the other day of a teacher where a student, a black student was sleeping in her class and her response to the child being asleep was not to gently wake the child and say, listen, I need you to pay attention in my class. If you can't, I'm going to have to, you know, write you up or whatever it is that you want to do to discipline a child. Okay. No, that was not her. That was not her choice. What she decides to do is go to the boy, pull his hair, embarrass him, tease him, make fun of him. And as I'm watching this, I'm like, see, this is why I can't put my child in your hands because had you did that to my child, then, I mean, may God just help us all. <laughs> That's all I'll say to that. May God help us all if that would have been my child that this white woman would be putting her hands on. All right? So, but why is she doing that? Because that's that's a subconscious mindset that white people have towards blacks. Like, oh, I can do whatever I want to do. All right, so now when you have black teachers with black students, it's we're kind of able to cut all that out because we understand each other. We understand as black folks, we ain't doing any of that. A black teacher would have already known, if I do this to this child, this child's parent is coming up here to beat my ass. Like, we, we know that, okay? You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't even try each other in that way. We already know what's up. So, all right, so now you have the black teachers, you have the black children, we have understanding. You know, everybody is a reflection of one another. So, in our co-op, our homeschool co-op, we have, let me see, how many children? I want to say that there is about 25 children. Maybe 20. 20, 25 children. Okay. So, you know, most of those children, they are siblings. So, there's not necessarily 25 families, but there's 25 kids. All right. So, now you have, let's say you have, you know... 10 families that you get together. So this is going to be 10 people, 10, hopefully both parents is, is the best way, you know, but either way, 10, 10 parents or, you know, mothers and fathers come together. Let's say that you all put a hundred dollars a week together. That will cover a teacher. Now, when it comes to where you hold class, you hold class in a home. Whichever parent has a house, you know, with an extra classroom or extra bedroom, you know, you make it do. So that way you're not having to pay for a school space. You're not having to have mandated, you know, permits and county licenses and things like that. You hold class in the home. Um, then you're also in control of the diet. For So in our school... The kids eat vegan diets, so we're not serving any meat. We're not serving any dairy in the school, which is great because I believe that, I'm not going to say I believe, factually, children um, operate better when they are filling their bodies with healthy, fulfilling foods. It allows them to concentrate. It allows them to focus. Okay, so now when you're running a school, of course... You're going to need funds. You're going to need funds. You're going to want to take trips. You're going to want to do field trips. You're going to need supplies. So this is what we do. Our children do poetry. They do African dance and drumming. So what we have them do is they perform. They perform places. They get. They actually get booked. 
they get booked to perform places, to, to, to perform their pieces, and they make money. So the children perform, they make money that they are able, that we put into a bank account for them, and then they're able to have their own little kind of like board where they're able to decide like, you know, what they want to spend the money on, if they want to, you know, buy things for school, buy things for supplies. So now you're teaching your children to be in control of their own education, teaching them to raise their own money for their own education and projects and things of that nature. And then they're being taught how to handle it. It's pretty cool when the kids get to vote. Like, so do we want to go ahead and get new math books? You know, it's cute when the children get to have that pride of making their own money. Okay, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. So, um, anybody on this planet is always going to be for supporting children and their, and their education. You know, so... Having the children do fundraisers, do things for their community to bring funds in for their schooling is great. It's not, you know, where I saw a post one time. It was so funny. It was like, in school, I never learned about credit, loans, buying a house, taxes, or anything like that. But thank God that I know how to do a Pythagorean theorem. You know, so I'm cracking up because I'm like, seriously, that is so true. So with homeschool, even though our children are very young, they're able to start learning about money and finance. Most children by middle school or high school are ready to go ahead and go into public school or, you know, some kind of bigger financial institution. I I, I told myself as a parent that I'm never going to make my son do anything that he doesn't want to do within reason. If it's something that you need to do because it's like, okay, son, this is going to be what's best for you, then it's different. But for the most part, I told myself, you know, I'm going to kind of let him make his decisions, let him ride his way so he can start learning cause and effect consequences of decisions from an early age so that he's not learning that when it's at a point where it can be too late. So I want I want him to be in control of what he wants. So I let him know, you know, son, if you ever feel like, okay, you know, I've been in homeschool for some time and I'm ready to move on. I'm like, son, just let me know that. When you tell me that, I will respect that. But he's like, you know, mom, I'm fine where I am. Now, some people think that homeschooling is this thing that takes a whole bunch of paperwork and a whole process. It does not take anything. I'm literally going to tell you what I do, and this is all I have to do. So what you'll want to do first is withdraw your child from the slaughterhouse. Oops, I mean public school system. You'll withdraw the child. You want to have some kind of paperwork that states that you have withdrawn that child. Um, you take it down to your local school board and you go to the front desk and you say, hello, you know, I would like to register my child as homeschool. They cannot tell you that you can't register your child as homeschool. I want to make this very clear. They can't tell you, nope, you can't do it. Okay. So you register, you, you fill out when I, when I registered Elijah as homeschooled, I went down there, filled the form out, handed it back to them, and walked out. That was it. There was nothing else that I had to do. So in most counties, they require annually for the child to be evaluated in which you just need to have a 
currently licensed teacher in Orange County basically evaluate the child and go ahead and sign off saying, you know, okay, this child is actually learning. They're up to par with where they need to be according to their age and their grade. And that's it. Okay, there's no need for vaccinations. It's nothing too complicated. Like, it's actually very simple. But I will say, you know, okay, so we also have mandatory parent meetings every month. Okay, because the parents need to all be on the same page about where we're at, what's going on. You know, we need to plan. So it's impossible to run a successful homeschool unless you have parents who are 100% dedicated to this. If you have parents who are too busy and caught up and consumed in their own life to really, you know, be hands-on and be there for their children, then it's just not going to work out. Like you absolutely have to have to have parents that are serious about this. If you have parents involved that aren't serious, it's just not going to work. It's going to fall apart very quickly. You have to have parents that are going to eat, sleep, and breathe this. Parents where they truly look at their children as their number one investment. If you want to just homeschool your kids to look good or sound good and be able to just drop them off and go, it's not going to be for you. (laughs) It's not going to be for you. But, you know, we talk about the the physical harm and, and safety issues that goes on in public schools but we don't even talk about even more so of the the mental harm of what it does to a child when they're put through this system with a whole bunch of people that don't look like them a whole bunch of people that think that they're criminals what that does to a child we have to think about what it does to a child when you're constantly putting them in detention and putting them in ISS and it basically institutionalizes their mind. It, it basically te- ha- makes it so that they have someone else to think for them. It desensitizes them to being detained because you make them spend, you know, a week in ISS just sitting and looking at four walls all day. Okay, well, if you do that to a child, then when they get older and, and jail is the consequence, that's not so bad for them because they're used to it. <laughs> okay, they're used to it. Um, so... The discipline, the, the disciplinary accent, um, the disciplinary, oh my God, why am I totally messing up my words? The disciplinary aspect of education is also major when it comes to homeschool because I'm going to say this and I want to say this, like I wish I could just stand on top of the mountain and scream this for everybody. Spanking children is not disciplining children which is normally why the children that do get spanked be the baddest kids. (laughs) The children that do get spanked be the children that are always getting in trouble. And and it's too many times we think that, you know, sit down, be quiet. I'm going to beat your ass. You want to whoop into that? We think that's disciplining children. It's not. Discipline is just what it sounds like. Discipline is self-motivation, self-control. These are not things that, is, that are acquired in an environment where you are slapped every time you jump wrong or blink wrong. All that does is cause anger, tension, and violence in children. Okay, so, you know, at our school, we don't believe in all that. We don't do all that. Our children are intelligent beings that deserve respect and they deserve courtesy. So, 
you know, putting our hands on them and locking them up in room for hours is not going to work. Now, of course, we have altercations like anyone else. I mean, we have issues like anyone else. However, when the children have a problem, you know, we are talking to the children. Okay, we're not we're not abusing the children and then calling it discipline. So now what happens is you end up with children who are in a number one, a safe environment, because, of course, if you're going to school your children together, then, you know, these other parents that you're schooling with. So, you know, these people, you know where their head is at, you know what their morals are. So now you have a safe environment. You're able to control your own curriculum. So you are having children who are being academically challenged in a healthy way. So. Now we have the safety, we have healthy education, we have um, a family aspect. So like my son, you know, his teacher is like his grandmother. And, he, and there's a few teachers, they kind of alternate in between, but you know, he has a male and female teacher. And so his teachers are like his grandparents, you know, like his classmates, they are real deal brothers and sisters. I mean, they learn, they've been learning together every day for years. So they have truly developed sibling relationships. So now you have a support system for the children. They're safe. You have proper education. They're learning about who they are. They're learning their real history. They're doing all that. Okay. So um, I had put up a post about this um, a few days ago, and I had a lot of people asking me about that about it. So I'm like, okay, let's just go ahead and have this conversation again on the show, just so we can all be on the same page. Because you know, every time I'm logging on to Instagram or looking at the news, I'm seeing it's like it's not even a, a shock anymore. It's like another school shooting. Like it, it gets to the point where it's like, all right, parents. We gotta, it's time, you know what I'm saying? It's time for us to step our game up. Once we understand that our children are our real investments, we use that as the motivation to move forward and to be able to take these steps to take control of our children and the way that they learn. This next segment was recorded a few days ago. However, it was supposed to be a part of this week's episode before I decided that I wanted to take the show visually. So, but I decided, you know what? I'm still going to go ahead and add it into this week. So, go ahead and take a listen and enjoy. Peace and love, family. This is episode 19 of African and American with your girl, Six the Goddess. And keep in mind, I'm a goddess and I'm sensitive about my shift. I hope everybody's well. I'm doing well. I had an excellent weekend. Ended up going to a really nice brunch yesterday at one of my favorite restaurants called Kale Cafe. They have two locations, one in Port Orange and one in Daytona Beach. Um, it's a black-owned restaurant owned by an amazing family. Um, it's vegan Jamaican Caribbean food. So very flavorful, delicious, healthy food that everyone can enjoy. They also have desserts and they have smoothies. So it was excellent. So they had all you can eat going on. So, you know, we were in there going in. We really enjoyed ourselves. And then we went to the beach uh, for some time, but 
it was so overcast up here in Orlando, Florida, like in Central Florida right now. We're just going through this super rainy period. It's just been raining all weekend. So it was kind of, you know, when you go to the beach, I know at least for me, I like it for it to be like, you know, sun shining, you know, blue skies, really hot. So, you know, it was it was nice to stick our feet in the water and kind of meditate for a little while, but it wasn't really ideal beach weather. Either way, I enjoyed spending time with my spiritual mother and sister, spending time with my son. So it was a good weekend either way. Let's go ahead and kick off this week's episode. Uh, Let's just start off with a discussion that was being had on my page and the discussion what wasn't really a discussion because this isn't really something to discuss this is pretty much like law but I like to be very transparent on the show I like to because the 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 wonderful thing about transparency is it means that you have made peace with everything in your life I really don't mind being open and honest about me because There's nothing that I'm ashamed of. There's nothing I've ever done that I can necessarily say that I regret because I'm very proud of the woman that I am today. But I know that had I not gone through some of the things that I went through, I wouldn't be this person. So as a result of that, I just like I don't mind being open because there's nothing where I feel like, oh, my God, I don't want anyone knowing about this or you know, it is what it is with me. What you see is what you get. So like I said, I like to be open about even my personal life. I don't mind. So the post that was put up stated, never trust a black man that speaks on black issues, but has invested his future in a white woman. A sister ended up commenting on the post and she just was being very honest and she was like, yeah, you know, I'm the product of biracial, I'm a, I'm a biracial person, a product of parents that are two different races. She's like, and I will be the first to tell you, I definitely noticed the issues in my household uh, because of the difference in races. She was like, I, it's definitely is hard as a biracial person to identify strongly with either side because you feel like you're an even mix of two so you don't want to be too white you don't want to be too black you're not black enough for the blacks you're not white enough for the whites and she's like it it definitely is a strain and definitely it's it's hard enough just being black (laughs) but then when you're mixing it up and it it make it definitely confuses that child It's, it's difficult for our children being just black and to understand what that means to understand where they come from how they got here you know that that's a process in itself so so I, I ended up replying back to the sister and I was like you know thank you for being honest about that because sometimes you know we, we've talked about this on the show before but sometimes because you fall into a category you can tend to get defensive about that subject even if it's something that is wrong or should have been done a different way in your life and sometimes we'll like defend the wrongs within us we'll defend our mistakes because it's just too much to have to admit that something went wrong somewhere it could be damaging for some people to admit that for some people they don't take that very well so what happens is you end up defending your wrongdoings or defending your mistakes so I'm like you know sis 
it's commendable for you to be someone biracial and admit to that because I see too many biracial people that try to put on this facade as though they were totally not confused whatsoever and it's like you know come on be serious like let's just have an honest discussion about this let's be for real so um my so I, I have a cousin that I use as an example when I was replying to the sister I said I definitely feel you sister when you speak about interracial uh families within your own family I said I can attest to the same thing I have family I have cousins where my mother and their father are brothers and sisters and they're black but they are uh their mothers are white and I spoke about how they they the way they look they don't look black you wouldn't look at them and say oh they there goes a black family you wouldn't say that at all you would look at them and definitely assume them to be white before anything else you know their hair is not kinky their skin is not dark they don't have big wide flat noses like they just don't look black so I was like you know they're able to pass for white so in our life experiences they will be different because I'm black there's no there's no question there you know no one has to look at me and wonder what I am it's very clear so I'm like even though we are family we're close as in I guess we're blood we're close as in we're family no matter what we're close as in you know we were brought up uh with the same last name but when it comes to life experiences when it comes to just everyday life have we ever been able to have those kind of conversations on a consistent basis are we close as in we talk all the time and talk about everything no because at the end of the day we're we can't really 100% relate I could never pass for white if, if I wanted to, you know, and, and not saying that they were trying to pass for white. I'm not saying whether you're trying to, but you can. And uh, so my cousin saw what I said to the girl and she ended up replying back. And she's like, well, you can't speak for me for your information. I, I've never been confused. I, I know exactly who I am. I'm proud of who I am. I don't look white. I I don't try to pass for white. And she's like, well, your your dad, you know, was a black man who impregnated a a black woman, and he left her too. So I guess your dad ain't shit. And so she going off on this whole long tangent, and I'm just like, see, this is this is the problem. This is why we can't be honest. This is why it's very hard to heal our family issues because we have too many people that are trying to defend things that cause a lot of harm and cause a lot of pain. So the funny thing about all this is if something really doesn't apply, you're not really going to like justify it and, and, and put that much energy into it. So the fact that she was even so bothered told me that you could say what you want on this post, you know, to sound good, but I know the truth. And if I was you, Okay, I, if I'm supposed to be half black. I feel like maybe it bothers you when, when I speak on black issues because maybe you feel like you would look weird speaking on it. I don't know what it really is, but that's how it looked to me. So it's like you're bringing up my mother. You know, she's an ancestor. My biological mother, she's an ancestor. So it's like you're bringing up an ancestor's pain in order to prove a point that you don't have as though... It would not have been 
more ideal for anyone to just be to, to just be able to say I'm black not having to have a side of your family where the privilege that they get won't necessarily have been the privilege that you would get if you look black so you know I was just in my mind I'm like okay that right there was a perfect example of the difference in mentalities like I've never had any one of my black friends mention my mother like oh well your mom got pregnant and she got left and I'm like just the fact that she responded like that was such a white woman response you know how how white people act when they don't get their way (laughs) you know so it's like shit like that that's why we can't really we're not vibing on a daily basis you know all day everyday basis because shit like that that's the way white girls try each other white girls do that they'll be like are you kidding me Sarah that's why your mom is fucking the, the mailman and your dad doesn't know. They do shit like that. <laughs> like, you know, they'll, they'll put each other business out. And, you know, I, I'm like, wow, you're saying all this on the Internet. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? You're straight up, like, speaking my mother's name. Like, oh, she got fucked, ducked, and left. Like, why? You're doing this on Instagram? That's crazy as hell. Like, that right there was a white move. Like, black women, me and my black friends, that has never happened. Like, we just don't. I don't know we as black women we just have certain ways we don't try each other if we try each other in certain ways it's because we want a fight there are certain things like we just know as black women if it's certain things if we say it we already know it's 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 a fight so that's why we don't even it's certain things we wouldn't even say like that so it was just examples of how that defensiveness has to stop and what it all comes down to is I have a black son so it's like, my question is when people get so defensive about posts like that, where I'm saying you cannot be speaking on black issues and then have a white wife. So when people get defensive about that, I'm like, so I have a black son. My question to you is, what do you propose that I tell my son? Do you think that I should look my son in the eyes and tell him, you know, babe, when you grow up, if you want to marry a white woman, that's fine. Because love is love. Do you think that I, as a black woman, can look in my black son's eyes and tell him that? Or would it make more sense for me as a black woman to look into my black son's eyes knowing what my black son will face? Knowing the understanding he's going to need from his wife. Knowing the loyalty he's going to need to display for his ancestors and his people. Knowing that he is going, because he is raised, knowing who he is because he is not going to have to go through the period that we all all the rest of us had to go through we had to kind of de-brainwash ourselves he's not going to have to go through that he's going to know exactly who he is and he's going to know exactly who's what's up from jump so i'm i'm supposed to look into his eyes this young man who is going to grow up and be a healthy black male which is going to be one of the major keys in the healing of black people. And I'm supposed to tell him that you can grow up and you it doesn't matter of who you marry. Don't even insult me as a woman and as a mother and tell me that that's what I need to tell my child. So if, if it's not true enough for me to look in my son's eyes and say it, then it's not true enough for me to say to anyone else. Think about what you're asking before you open your mouth to get upset about something I'm saying. Think about what you're, are you asking me to lie to make you comfortable? 
Are you asking me to lie in order to hide the wrongs within you? Because I'm not lying to hide the wrongs within myself. I know the exact things that I've done wrong or did wrong. I know what I need to change. I know I need to grow and I know I'm working on that. But if you think that you're going to be exempt from that, I don't even make myself exempt from that. You want to cry to me like, oh, you can be about your people and still have a white wife. Do you want me to look at my son and tell him that? Do you want me to look in the eyes of this young black man where this country he's living in wants him dead? And do you want me to tell him, oh, yes, son, I want you to be all about your people. You know, I want you to fight for what's right. I want you to do what you have to do to 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 do what you need to do for your community. But it's perfectly okay for you to marry a white girl. But but despite all that, the only thing is when it comes to who you marry, now that that doesn't matter. Love is love and you can't help who you love. No, that doesn't even sound right. That would be irresponsible to me as a parent. So therefore, if you think that me saying this to this young person is not going to be constructive to their growth as a people and as a people where there's a price on their head, then you can't expect me to let anyone else get away with that either. If we can't have that standard for the children, then we definitely don't need to have that sweet, you know, candy cane love and puppies wonderland hideaway space for adults no the adults need to wake up and smell that coffee too marriage is not just about love it is literally the most powerful thing that you have money can go degrees can go investments can go land can go but when it comes to the marriage the bond the uniting of two families that is the most valuable thing that you can have now if you're going to give away the most valuable thing that you have outside of your community talking about some love that you're not a nation. You don't have a nation building mindset. You have a for the moment mindset. All you're thinking about is what you're lusting for and wanting right now. All you're saying is, oh yeah, I'm all for black power and black empowerment and all that. But uh, I'm just going to go ahead and go with this white man. Cause he got his shit together right now. I, you know, I'm all for black empowerment and stuff, but, uh, Y'all niggas can sink, you know, I'm about to go get with this white man and live large. You know, oh, black power. I love the black woman is God and all that. But uh, I'm going to go home to this white woman and, you know, take care of her the rest of her life. Because, you know, y'all sisters, y'all, y'all got a lot going on. You know, I, I ain't got time to wait it out with you. That's what that is. And you want me to teach my son to do that? No. Okay, so we're going to have two separate sets of people for the most part. You're going to have the people that are fully aware that we are in a war. And you're going to have the people who want to be comfortable on the plantation. You're going to have the ones that's like, well, you know, it's not so bad. Not all white people are so racist. You know, he's not the one that said this. He's a good guy. She's a good guy. You know, if you we have two separate types of people. I don't, I don't care about none of that. I know what the solution is to my people's problems is and it is strong black families period there's no way around it especially when that's the only thing we have not tried I say this all the time but it's like no matter how much we all have these discussions I still see black people saying the same thing it doesn't you you can't help who you love it doesn't matter who you love that right there is the key to what is keeping us oppressed isn't that crazy 
That's so crazy to me. Like, wow, it literally is so easy and so plain. It's like right there in our faces. And it's the one thing we refuse to do. And then we don't even realize why we refuse to do it. How you've been programmed to refuse to do it. (laughs) So, no, like I said, you cannot speak on black issues and then go home to a white woman. You're a traitor. No, she don't need your help. All right, especially as a black man, when there are so many more black women to black men, like that's so irresponsible of you to go ahead and take that valuable asset that you have and give it away outside of your people and outside your community. And then to and then, oh, we were having this other discussion where we were talking about how a lot of guys, what they'll do is they'll say, oh, I've tried to get with black women in the past, but black women just don't want me. And so it's like, let's really dissect what a man is saying when he says that. Like, let's just, can we really just pick that apart for a second? Okay. Do you know how much you must just have to totally suck for an entire race of women to not want you? Not a single one. Like, man, if, if, if that's the case, you should just jump off a cliff because damn, I mean, not a single woman in that entire race wanted you. My God, how hard do you suck? Like, how whack are you? So that's the first thing I think to myself is not a single black woman wanted you. Damn, I mean, sheesh. Like, man, that's a special kind of undesirable <laughs> So then the next thing I think is, so are you basically saying that white women have lower standards? Are you basically saying that they'll take anything? So are you also saying that the entire race of black women has the desire for nothing but thugs and playboys and guys with swagger? And 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 they'll say, oh, well, I'm nerdy or I'm weird or I'm dorky, you know, and black women don't want that. Okay. <laughs> We were talking about how these are the brothers because I'm going to speak on this because I've had this happen to me before where I've had like, okay, and before we get into that story, can we just keep it real that we all know what it means when somebody is weird? Okay, I just want to make it very clear. Being a nerd doesn't make you weird. I know people who are nerdy, but they still can have a conversation. They still are not creepy. You know, they still know how to conduct themselves and act with some sense. But nerdy doesn't mean weird. Weird means weird. That there are some people who are just weird. There are some people who are not good at reading body language. There are some people that don't know when to shut up. There are some people that don't know how to respond properly to other people and their interactions the day to day. There are people who just have creepy vibes. That is a thing. Let's not sit here and act like, well, what's weird? What's your definition of weird? Shut up. We all know what weird is. We have all ran to that, into that person that's just weird. You cannot describe it. You can't put your finger on the exact thing it is. They just weird, damn it. So we all know what weird is. So now to the story. So I've had it happen to me before where I had like weird, creepy guys like try to get at me and... I'm like, all right, I don't want to sound like an asshole right now, but let me just, just hold on a second because you got me messed up because hold up, all right? Now, I would like to think 
you know, that I keep my, myself together, okay? I take a shower every day. I brush my teeth a few times a day, all right? I keep my body tight, you know, I keep my skin clear. You know, I try to keep myself socially aware and, you know, I, I try to, you know, keep it keep some money in my pocket, you know? So if I have that going on, please do not insult me by coming to me and you smell funny or or something like that because another thing that we were talking about in an earlier discussion is that somebody might be out of your league you know what i'm saying like you can't be fat and want somebody with six-pack abs you know you can't be ugly and want somebody that's pretty i mean you can let me get let me let me rephrase that you can want them but you can't get mad if they don't want you back because you don't have what they have all right you can go for it because there's definitely exceptions to everything and there's definitely time where somebody did snag someone that was out of their leave and i mean hey to each his own but you can't get mad at somebody if they're not biting back at bait you put out and you're not really on their on their level all right so i've had that happen to me like i said you know weird creepy guy asking me out and i just am like you know no thank you and you'll be surprised like they they'll see that they're all cool and stuff but then when they get rejected they're kind of like no and then they get mad at you they get mad at you and then they you know talk about you bad and spread lies about you and it's like damn bro like my bad my bad like i'm sorry like i i didn't know that i get penalized if i don't feel the same way you feel so I was talking about it before and I was like, man, you know, I, I see these brothers talking about how they try to date black women, but black women didn't want them. And I'm like, bro, do you know these guys will literally in their whole life only try to talk to like two black women and they'll go for like the finest, most like top of the line black woman out there. It's like if you're if you're a nerdy, awkward dude, then you need to just go for a black girl that's the same way because what you're doing is you're stereotyping all black men to be like thug street dudes like juiced up like you're stereotyping that being a black man means that now being a black man definitely does mean that your chicken is seasoned though because there are some black guys where they don't have no flavor and it's like hold on our melanin give us flavor so you need to have a little flavor because then you're not embodying what we are as a people. So it's like, come on now. Like, don't just be walking around here, you know, with chicken with no seasoning and wonder why don't nobody want to take a bite now. Like, come on now. Season your chicken a little bit. All right. Dang. Give people some. We're African people. Like, we are the flavor. So, you know, don't be just walking around here bland and, and think that somebody going to want that now. Okay. Come on, put some ranch, some hot sauce on it, son. So I'm like, yeah, so these dudes will try to talk to like two black girls. Like it goes the same with black women. Not all black women are like thick, curvy with sassy attitudes. And like not all black women are like that. There are plenty of geeky black women, dorky, shy black women out there. Nerdy black girls into anime, sci-fi, all that stuff. But you do you know what the irony with that is? <laughs> the nerdy black guys don't want the nerdy black women. <laughs> the, when it when it comes to the black women, they want the cream of the crop black woman. They want like the 
Like I said, the one that's just way out of their lead to keep it real. So hold up. You don't want nerdy black girls, but you want the fine black girls to want your nerdy ass. It doesn't work like that. But see, this is where it gets very interesting. Because then those same black guys that only went for the two fine black girls in their life will go get with the most mediocre white girl after that. And that's what blows me. It's hold on. So you get with this regular, regular, average, mediocre white girl. But you mean to tell me you couldn't find a black woman like that? Please. It's a self-hatred. It's a, it's a defense mechanism. It's basically men have such low self-esteem. Don't let them lie to you and say that they can't find a black girl or black girls didn't want them. Don't let them lie to you. That's not true. What it is, is they have confidence and self-esteem issues. So they decide to have their quote unquote preference be someone that they know just wants them for their meat. They know we're not stupid. We all know that white girls have a sexual fetish of black penis. This is no secret. So they go for who they feel like is going to want them back. They don't even care if it's like that. They're not even really viewing you as human. They don't care about that. So it's a perfect example of how we cannot let people and their insecurities make us feel bad as a people. So these brothers going out here, it, it's, no, it's not even a coincidence to me that the same brothers that want to date white women in that same breath, they always feel as though they have to somehow put the black woman down in order to date the white girl. They can't just say, listen, I chose to date this white girl and it is what it is. I'd rather be with a white girl than a black woman. They can't say that. They are so scared to say that. So as opposed to just being honest and, and keeping it real and stating that truth, their their thing is, oh, well, black girls didn't want me, so that's why I'm with a, a, a white woman. Stop insulting our intelligence with lies like that, brothers, okay? Now, if you feel like you want someone that's a certain way, then I always push people to make sure you're that. You want somebody fine, then I suggest that you get in the gym. I think everybody should be striving to be the best version of themselves. Like, this is survival of the finest. Like, everyone needs to be stepping their game up, investing in themselves, taking pride in who they are. You know, crying and whining about who doesn't want us is so played out. It's time to put ourselves in position where we can receive what we want. And we can be what we deserve because I'm sick of so many of us just being so bitter. Like, you know, it, it's just becoming so common to sit around and attack people for their choices because you feel bad that, you know, you weren't able to be up to par. You know, you can't blame black women and make it seem like it's our problem because of your own insecurities. So, yeah, I know that discussion was floating around this week as well. So I'm like, okay, can we just go ahead and put that to rest? <laughs> Two black girls in your whole life. 